everyone and welcome to Fashion Decipher. My name is Sean Williams and this episode we'll be speaking about the retail apocalypse or retail restructuring. We'll figure it out. <laughs> We're going to be speaking about who closed, who is barely surviving and who is thriving during this time. Um, we all know how much technology has changed uh, retail over the past several years and then some, you know, in-store shopping was once a thriving industry, you know, has now been changed by online shopping forever. Technology allows customers to shop in the palm of, you know, your hand without leaving their homes. This was a devastating blow to brick and mortar stores throughout the American mall landscape. Now that the world has been affected by a pandemic, this further pushed many stores that were dependent on customers to the brink of no return. You know, stay-at-home orders during the pandemic forced many retailers to close their doors. The online retailers thrived during this time, but most that relied on customers to come in and shop did not. So let's talk about some of the stores that were affected by the shutdown in 2020. Um, New York and Company closed 405 stores. Signet Jewelry that owns K Jewelers, Zales, Jared, the gallery of jewelry, he went to Jared, um, closed... 300 stores. Steinmark closed 281 stores. Macy's closed 200 stores. Express closed 66 stores. Brooks Brothers closed 61 stores. Sears closed 51 stores, although they're dying a very slow death. But Lord & Taylor closed their stores completely. I mean, right now they're in the middle of a liquidation, but once that is over, it's a wrap. Online shopping is one of the most popular ways to make purchases. Let's just talk about some of the benefits of online shopping instead of going in stores. It's convenient and it's convenient in many ways. You do not have to leave the comfort of your own home. You can find everything you need through a few clicks. The package gets delivered to your door. There is no waiting in lines, no circling to find parking or taking mass transit, no lugging the packages with you on a crowded train car or a bus. Let's talk about the 24 seven availability. You know, you can shop anytime from two o'clock in the morning <laughs> to five o'clock in the morning. There are no store hours, you know, so there's no need to check to see when their store is closing. Um, you can comparison shop for prices. You could put an item inside Google and it will come up with the many retailers that sell that item. And it could be on sale in different retailers that you wouldn't have searched for if you were doing this in person. And the range of options, the range of options are vast online. You know, it's endless. You know, you could type in a pair of jeans that comes in a dark rinse and you're like saying, well, you know, I really wish these jeans would have came in a light rinse. And then you put it in Google and it's up there, you know? <laughs> so you have so many options. Whereas if you were doing this in person, it could take you days or just way too much time. You know, there is a whole series on YouTube. I don't know if anybody else have seen it called the Dead Mall series or the Abandoned Mall series. It is the saddest thing I have ever watched. Um, you know, in this series, they showcase all the malls in America that are either half open or completely abandoned to the anchor stores closing. And you know, anchor stores are the big box stores on the opposite ends of the mall, like a JCPenney's or Sears or a Macy's, you know, and they walk around the mall, uh, the abandoned mall, either giving you a tutorial of what was there or, you know, kind of guide you as a guide of, you know, this was once the food court or whatever. And then they set it to this very scary horror type of music. It's so dramatic. Um, it is the most bizarrest thing I've ever seen. So if you get a chance, please check that out. It is 
type it really quick in YouTube, Dead Mole series or Abandoned Mole series. It's like people are obsessed with this thing. Um, but really what they're showcasing is the wasteland that has of dead space that has been left behind, not only within the mall, but within the neighborhood that they're located in. Shopping malls at their height were being built at an expeditious rate. Shopping in cities via street retail was abandoned for shopping malls in suburban areas. The growth of the mall started in the 50s, continued in the 60s, and then continued in the 70s. By the 1970s, enclosed shopping malls were a new pastime. If you are from the Northeast, you are familiar with the Bergen Mall in New Jersey. The Bergen Mall was the first enclosed shopping space promoted as a mall. And it wasn't until right before the Great Recession in the mid 2000s, it was like around 2007, that no new malls were built in the past 50 years. That's like the first time. Um, you know, according to a USA article, the, it stated that the U.S. has way too much retail space and it needs to be adjusted. And the pandemic has accelerated the speed in which this correction will happen. They believe that this means that any mall that already had a week standing will shut down and the land that it sits on will be repurposed. But, you know, malls that hold um, and house luxury retailers have been thriving during the past year. Many people have been purchasing higher priced items for their resellability. And speaking of resale, according to ThreadUp, over the past several years, the resale market grew 21 times faster than the sale of new clothing. They also mentioned that 18 to 37 year olds are adopting secondhand apparel 2.5 times faster than their older counterparts. But baby boomers and Gen Xers are embracing the resale market, you know, as they let go of their older clothing or accessories or handbags. I mean, we've been through a pandemic, you know, you're sitting at home, you have nothing but time to clean out your closet. So this is something that they are embracing. And speaking of resale, you know, we did a great episode talking about vintage shopping with Melissa Carter, you know, definitely go check that out um, after this one and you can learn the value of vintage but I digress, <laughs> getting back to the subject, you know, to combat this online retail shopping issue, retailers were going out of their way to build multifunctional lifestyle stores within their retail spaces. So think Ralph's Coffee inside of the Ralph Lauren stores. Um, the Ralph Lauren store is particularly on Fifth Avenue, which that closed, but I think Ralph Lauren is building, the company is building Ralph Coffees as standalones now. Um, also think of the Blue Box Cafe and Tiffany and Company, uh, Gucci Bookstore within Gucci's Wooster Street in store in Soho. Um, Puma's flagship store in New York offers a customer service, you know, a customer experience supported by technology. You know, they have this type of technology that enables engagement for their customers. And you know, this engagement has these simulators for like F1 racing and soccer coaching. Lululemon store in the Flatiron District in New York offers a section that's called the Concierge, which recommends nearby classes and locations and even lets shoppers book classes like on the spot. You know, let's not forget to mention Trunk Club, you know, which was later acquired by Nordstrom, but Trunk Club gives you a hangout feel. You know, it lets you feel at home or if you're in a lounge, you know, it has these tufted sofas as you sit there or these leather lounge chairs and a stylist is curating looks while you are served drinks from their bar, you know? So they were creating these experiences to get you to come in. 
Some stores went as far as meet and greets with designers, celebrities, and social media influencers. Retailers would create exclusive invite-only parties where clients go to mingle. You know, this idea allowed them to bring the customers back into the store. And also many stores became digitally integrated. You know, they, they pushed this for their brick and mortar locations. Many became to outfit their sales staffs with like tablets or iPhones with touchscreens, which allowed their salespeople or sales professionals and customers to feel a level of ease while shopping. So if you have those like technology withdrawals, there's still some technology in the store. Others began to use QR codes and you, they put them on the items or different sections in the store. So customers had the autonomy to research items that they were interested in. You know, we all have been through the thing where you are um, holding an item that doesn't have a tag, or if you don't know if it's on sale and you want to ask a sales professional and they're nowhere to be found and you're, you know, holding this item, going through department, department, and department, and no one wants to help you, or they hit you with the very busy, you know, this QR code allows you to find this information out without doing any of that, you know, and it, you know, let's not forget how many great stores have these self-checkout kiosks and, you know, in their stores, you know, and this allows customers to save time to get in and get out of their stores. Amazon is king at this. You know, they opened a full-scale supermarket called Amazon Fresh Grocery Stores in Woodland Hills, California. You know, you not everyday people could go shop there. It was via invite only, but it used their software with the checkout via the automatic dash card. You know, kind of as you shop around, put it in your card, it adds it up, and then when you walk out, you get charged. You know, when the pandemic hit and people had to shelter in place, Online shopping became a, a refuge, you know, just to get the necessi necessities that you needed. Essentially, online shopping was a lifeline throughout the pandemic, and it still is because we're still in it, you know, and it forced everyone to stay home. You had to get your items somehow. E-commerce has seen nothing but strong growth during this time with sales. And honestly, this is going to continue well after the pandemic is over. Don't think much of this will change. You know, any business that was only brick and mortar focused had to step up and ramp up the speed in which they embrace online shopping. What may have taken a retailer a couple of years to develop, they jumped in full speed ahead. You know, they had to just to stay afloat. According to Ford's magazine, you know, they said what would have taken between four to six years to get to the levels that we saw in May, it, instead of several years, it took one month and that's serious growth. You know, many retailers are investing in delivery and fulfillment. These are both key factors in e-commerce as it continues to grow. Many businesses rely on UPS, FedEx, USPS, and other delivery providers to serve um, their customer demand. So this is another area in which retail has to look at in order to, to be a driving force with online sales. Fulfillment is extremely important to touch on. The past several years, vertical integration is a major factor in speed to market. Vertical integration encompasses all the factors from product development, assembly, packaging, distribution, and this helps a company not to have to rely on outside suppliers. They, you know, have their own suppliers and this actually lowers their costs. But on the opposite side of that is an extremely expensive way of proceeding with their business. It is extremely expensive to really integrate. And you, you don't have the flexibility you want, once had in your operation when you vertically integrate. So what are the businesses that have in, increased their overall sales during this time? 
Definitely not the businesses that sell clothes, <laughs> unless you're into loungewear. So the, you know, the Lululemons, as we mentioned earlier, with workout gear, they're definitely into it. If you're selling comfortable, cozy clothes, sweatpants, all those kind of things, those are selling. Um, you're not buying uh, expensive clothes to go out because we're not doing concerts and parties and theater and movies and clubs. So those types of clothes are not selling. But what is also selling is electronics. You know, electronics are up due to everyone working at home and doing school from home. You know, you have to have a good notebook or a laptop to have that accessibility. Again, technology. But other businesses during this time that saw growth is home improvement, you know, groceries, and let's not forget alcohol. <laughs> 2020 was stressful for a lot of people. We've been saying this often through the podcast, you know, so people had to find a way to cope. I'm not telling you people to go get drunk, but I'm just saying <laughs> alcohol was a, a booming business during this time. We cannot leave out the increased growth of streaming services such as Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Disney Plus, um, and as well as gaming services, you know, with the PlayStation and Xbox. So these all areas of large growth. You know, Forbes also mentioned that there is a high rate um, of e-commerce and BOPIS. <laughs> it's a very odd word, but it's an acronym that stands for a buy online, pick up and store. If you haven't heard the word before or curbside pickup, just maybe the new normal going forward. You know, these are shopping trends that they believe will be permanent way we shop in the future and the way retail stores operate. There is a New York Times article that just was titled, customers still like to shop in person, even if they only go to the curb. Because <laughs> people still want to feel the, 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 the need to go in the car and get there and go to the store, even if they just go to the curb and pick it up. Um, and the subtitle to that title was, online orders have surged for retailers in the pandemic as curbside pickup helps Americans satisfy their desire to hop in a car and drive to the store. So this is a big thing. Bopis is here to stay. Um, so, you know, we have to ask the question, is this a retail apocalypse that we're living in right now? Or is this just retail restructuring that was always needed? You know, I definitely think the retail apocalypse side of it leans into the mall shopping. I don't think we're gonna mall shop the way we did as we once you know, knew it. You know, street shopping is back up. Shopping on main streets like Fifth Avenue and so, or like Soho or types of stores like that going forward outside shopping is a better way to shop for a lot of people than shopping in an enclosed mall, especially during the pandemic. You don't wanna be close to everyone. You don't wanna have the germs flying everywhere. And as we mentioned before, mall shopping was changing well before COVID, you know, but it only amped up this process. I do feel that we're in a midst of retail restructuring. You know, the way consumers shop now is forcing retailers to ad adapt and move forward with the changing market. This will help shopping to be more efficient for all those involved, honestly, just in my opinion. You know, once the dust settles and we're no longer shopping within a pandemic, Retail will continue to be refined little by little, you know, until e-commerce and brick and mortar stores can work together more seamlessly. As a person who has shopped both ways, I've definitely loved shopping in malls and I definitely love shopping online. I do notice satisfying feeling of both, you know, how you feel to be in a store and hunt for a particular piece that made your look or as well as 
the convenience of finding an article of clothing online and hitting a button and have it delivered to my home without dealing with the lines and the commuter hassles. So honestly, it's hard to say really where retail will land permanently. I think it's an evolving process. You know, it's growing and we're going to continue to see it grow, but it really will be up to the retailer to find a way to merge these two worlds. And these two worlds have to coexist and exist in the way retail is uh, moving and changing now in order to, to keep staying afloat. So thank you for listening to this episode of Fashion Decipher, and I will speak to you next week. Bye. Hi guys, it's Sean. Make sure you visit our website, fashiondecipher.com, to get a visual on what we're talking to you about. Check out pics from events, of guest speakers, and exhibits. If you miss anything we post, you can visit our archives page. Also, while you're there, hit that subscribe button. Leave your email, and if you like, a comment. Tell us what you think or what you would want to hear on an upcoming episode. Don't forget to follow and friend Fashion Decipher on social media. Check out what we're up to. Speak with you next week.